Hello everyone, this is Ivy here and this is episode 6 of our podcast, How to Pray with Power. And within this episode, we're going to talk about a deeper look at walking in the spirit versus in the flesh and how to stay connected to God in terms of abiding in the vine rather than trying to do things in our own strength. Consider a lamp or a TV or a radio or a stereo, your mobile phone or mobile device. Consider anything that has to be, that needs a source of power to operate. Consider yourself like one of those objects. So God is the one with the power and without him we can do nothing. Let's take a look at John 15, 1-10, which says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will even be, so it will be even more fruitful. Excuse me. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. So the focus on just this passage, um, what we're focusing on today is how to abide in the vine and how to stay connected to our power source, which is God. And he says a couple of times within that passage that without him, we can do nothing. So, um, if you picture, if you've ever seen, um, those adapters that have multiple plugins um, that you use that sometimes they are power surge protectors that you plug multiple devices into picture one of those but it's not connected to the wall but suppose you take the plug at the end of the power surge protector and plug it into itself if you can picture that in your mind that's what a lot of us try to do when we try to do things in our own strength we're plugged into our own plug but we're not plugged into a power source and in doing that we aren't in a position where we're able to pray with power so in order to stay connected to god we have to walk in holiness and we have to live a holy night holy life and we have to walk in the spirit 
So in order to walk in the spirit, we talked about what it means to walk in the spirit. In Romans chapter 8, it talks about what the benefits are to walking in the spirit and what the what happens if we don't walk in the spirit. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 8. And I'm going to start at verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin to, in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. These are these who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what is what natural desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on spirit what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you... Your body is dead because of sin, but your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For you live if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. In if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So there's a whole lot more in chapter 8, but we're focusing today on walking in the spirit. Walking in the flesh is the opposite of walking in the spirit. So we're going to talk about what walking in the flesh is and walking in the spirit is not. Can you think of somewhere else in scripture where God says, if you do this particular thing, you will die? I'll give you a second to think. So the answer is in the Garden of Eden, God told Adam, if you do this particular thing, which was to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you eat of this tree, you will die. And Adam was supposed to relay that information to 
Eve, which he did, but we all know the story. Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. She gave some to Adam, who also ate, and they both um, experienced separation from God, death. And um, they both were embarrassed that they were naked and they hid from God, and you know the story. So walking in the flesh, um, it says here in Romans chapter 8 that walking in the flesh will result in death as well. Um, in particular, if you think back to the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, essentially, when they were walking in they were walking in the flesh by not trusting God, not believing what he said and doing the opposite of what they told him to do, or rather doing what they he told them not to do. So I'm going to give some examples of walking in the flesh in order for us to take a deeper look at what walking in the spirit is not. So some examples of walking in the flesh are passive aggressiveness to start with, I'll give some examples of passive aggressiveness. Let's just say, for this first example, your boss asks you to do something such as work on a project with a coworker. Now, you don't like this coworker, so you don't want to put, so you put forth the minimal effort in order to do the project, and you want to do everything in your power to make your coworker's life difficult for the duration of working on this project with you. For example, your boss needs you to utilize some data or generate some data in order to generate graphs, which your coworker is supposed to analyze. And you purposely either procrastinate or work at a snail's pace in order to make your coworker's job as difficult as possible and to try to make them look bad in order to make them also feel rushed. So that is an example of passive aggressiveness, and that is walking in the flesh. Another example of passive aggressiveness is another work example in which, let's say, you work as a prep cook on a team for a restaurant or a grocery store deli. You know that it's a certain person's turn to do the dishes at the end of the day and um, that person irritates you. She or he is bossy and rude, doesn't do anything to make your job easier. And so you decide to return the favor by not putting the soiled pots and pans you use in water so that the food on them will get as hard as possible by the end of the day in order to make them stay additional time at that night to make it challenging for them to clean and have to scrub those pots and pans and in order to make them have to stay additional time while you go home. That's an example of passive aggressiveness. Another example of passive aggressiveness is, let's say you live with a roommate or a spouse who um, makes you angry for one reason or, an, or reason or another, excuse me, um, you know it irritates this person when you leave your jacket and your shoes in the living room floor 
So you leave your jacket and shoes in the living room on purpose and then you do it multiple times with multiple jackets and multiple pairs of shoes in order to irritate that person. Or you simply decide not to do the dishes, you decide not to clean the bathroom and let it get as dirty as possible because you're going to irritate that person and you're doing that on purpose. So those are examples of passive aggressiveness. Another example of walking in the flesh, in addition to passive aggressiveness, is having hatred for another person. So suppose you tell someone off or curse someone out. Those are examples of walking in the flesh. Another example of walking in the flesh is lusting after a woman or man you aren't married to, um, spreading gossip and bearing false witness and slandering another person. Being dishonest, let's say you're an accountant or a financial advisor or financial analyst and you fudge the numbers just a little bit in order to manipulate those who you're giving a presentation to in order to get what you want out of the situation. Or stealing another person's intellectual idea or intellectual property is another example of walking in the flesh. So I want to talk particularly about sexual immorality. So um, having attraction to someone of the same sex is walking in the flesh as well. And the world makes this out to be harmless and even cute. If you watch a lot of the shows that are out these days, they want to make it cute and acceptable to um, be attracted to someone of the same sex. But if you read First uh, Corinthians chapter six verse nine, I'm gonna read that right quick. It says, "Do not do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders." nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Then it goes on to say, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So sexual immorality, everything that encompasses Sexual immorality is walking in the flesh as well. And when you become a child of God, um, God will help you clean those things up. Um, by no means does God expect us to get ourselves cleaned up and together on our own before we come to him. We're supposed to come to him as we are, but he loves us too much to make us stay the way we are or to allow us to stay the way we are. It is also written in Ephesians chapter 1. Um, it talks about how when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, he gives us the Holy Spirit as a seal on our hearts to protect us and to be a guarantee for us. It's like a down payment, for example. It's a seal that he gives us 
and the Holy Spirit is a person and what he does is he sanctifies us he makes us more like Christ and he enables us to walk in the spirit and we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 through 26 which says so I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what it is what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature there they are in conflict with one another so that you do not do what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality impurity debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions and envy drunkenness orgies and the like so he's including everything that is like any of these things i warn you as i did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking or envying each other so that very end part that last verse let us not become conceited provoking and envying one another passive aggressiveness is provoking someone and um perhaps it might come out of envy towards someone so um we can have an attitude that can make us walk in the flesh and um, god sees our hearts so he can see all of that ugly stuff so it doesn't really matter if um, on the surface we look like we're godly and we look like we're pleasing him and we're walking in the spirit to other people god sees all the way down to the core of our being and he sees it all so we want to do our best to yield to the spirit of god the holy spirit so that we'll we will not gratify the lusts of the flesh probably asking what does walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh have to do with praying with power so walking in the spirit is living in holiness and in living in holiness that is how we remain connected and plugged into the power source which is god and the way we walk in holiness is by walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh so when we are living a life of holiness, we can approach the throne of God to obtain mercy and receive grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. And I'm just going to summarize really quick what we talked about in the last few episodes. The very first episode, I shared how to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, which is foundational in developing a powerful prayer life because God will not accept 
a prayer, the real true God that is, will not accept a prayer under any other name other than the name of Jesus Christ. And so I talked about that and how to accept Christ. Secondly, um, I talked about within, I believe the second podcast, I talked about the Lord's prayer and how that is a guide to how to pray. Um, I don't believe by just reciting the Lord's prayer that we will have prayed, but I believe that Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray using the Lord's prayer. And um, if we include all of those components within our prayer, then we will pray effectively. So that includes um, Thanksgiving, entering in with Thanksgiving, and also having an attitude of acknowledging him for who he is, asking for him to forgive us for any trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, Um, asking him for our daily bread, what we need, not in this particular order, of course, and asking him to deliver us from the power of the evil one. Um, Those are all components of um, components of things that we need to include in our prayers. So we talked about the Lord's Prayer. We talked about what holiness is and what it means to live in the spirit, walk in the spirit rather than walking in the flesh. We talked about practical ways to pray, um, ways that I've determined that have been effective for me in my prayer life, that have made me more effective in my prayer life. Also, we talked a little bit more detail about what it means to walk in the flesh versus walking in the spirit today. And um, I will continue to share more as God reveals to me more about how to pray with power. So um, I just want to conclude this episode for now. Um, And may uh, may we all approach the throne of God boldly in order to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of need. That's Hebrews 4.16. I encourage you to um, seek the Lord yourself. Um, We can all obtain revelation from God. We don't have to have a mediator other than Jesus Christ to um, share the word with us. We don't have to be spoon-fed the word of God as believers. God opens and reveals his word to us directly. So I just want to encourage you to continue on this journey with me. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the last podcast episode for this podcast, but I will, if, when God gives me more revelation, which um, I know that you can never be at a point where you know everything there is to know about prayer and about God. But as God gives me additional revelation, I will share additional podcasts. So that is the conclusion of this podcast and possibly I might do another season. Thank you and it's been a pleasure.